Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bezat Hashem feedback and insights share number 125. Uh, we started to talk at the end of last year about the importance of looking ourselves in the mirror and working on what we need to work on in our marriage. Not to suggest that our husband or wife does not have weaknesses of their own or faults of their own. Of course they do. But what we're saying here is, is when you first try and solely focus in dealing with the faults of your own faults. When your first question when a marriage is storming is not what's the matter with my husband or wife, but rather what's a matter with me? What's wrong with me? What are my faults? And even if you think your husband or wife, they are 95% of the problem, but you're not perfect. The 5% that you can do, work on. Very often you'll realize it's not just 5%. It's a lot more as we discuss the blind spots that naturally come up when you're trying to make these cheshmen and nefeshes and it's, it's hard to do because we are blind to our own faults like we mentioned in the last year. So the idea is, is to really look with truth to figure and see, not to bash yourself, but to be realistic. What are my faults? What are my sins? What are the things that I've done wrong? What are the things that I've hurt my spouse with? Sometimes we have a bitterness in us. And even if our spouse triggered us in certain ways, you know, they were catalysts to get us to um, behave, you know, it triggered us to, to behave in a non-healthy way. But we have to look at our own reaction to that. Not to say that the one who's triggering doesn't need work on their own, but we need to learn how do we react on how we can react. And that is a very, very important aside. We may sometimes realize that we were not kind enough to our husband and wife overall. We were not patient enough. And um, that chesed of, that the Torah, that the world was built on, that third pillar chesed, what about the chesed of that pillar in my own home with my own wife? And part of it also is, as you're working on it, to be realistic about it, not to bash yourself too much for it, not to... um, really eat yourself up, but really, nevertheless, look at it and try to correct it. You could ask forgivenesses for your wrong deeds, but then once he forgives you, he forgives you. The Baal Tanya, look at in Perachavav of the Tanya, they say, that means, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you believe it, that he does indeed forgive, otherwise it's like a Baruch So you ask Mechila, and he forgives you. And then you move on. But part of that is the self-work, working on oneself. One of the biggest sidais in, in Yiddishkeit is to be vasisa hayashavatoiv, and you have to be that way, both with, with people and with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when one recognizes in themselves that they hurt their husband or wife in a deep way, What's interesting is, of course, you ask them Mechila, but first you ask Mechila from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a very healthy thing. It's a very healthy thing when you know you behaved 
not properly towards your husband or wife, to recognize it and to clear your conscience by first turning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and acknowledging that you were this way. Even before you ask Mechila from your own husband or wife, you turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, you know something? Yes, my husband or wife may have not been perfect. There are things that they need to work, work on too. That's true. But I get triggered easily or I sometimes don't behave my best either. I've hurt him or her in many, many ways myself. And I have harata and I want to do tshuva on it and I want to fix things that I need to fix. And you turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and you ask and you, and you, and you, and you express what you did wrong. Again, every Bein Adam L'chaveirai sin has a Bein Adam L'amokim Chelek in it too. Say that with Lashon Hara. You look in through the Chafetz Chaim, through, the, through, through it, that there's two aspects of it. One aspect is if you harmed the other person, you have to ask Mechila from that other person. But even if it did not come to a harm, but you did say that Lashon Hara, Baruch Hashem, it didn't spread to har- be harmful, you still have to ask Mechila from Hashem for doing that hate. So the same idea is over here. And it's easier this way. If you really realize that you mistreated your husband or your wife, you need to ask them Mechila. But first you turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, please be Michael me for, for, for not being the, the wife that I could have been, for not being the husband that I could have been, for hurting them and have Harat Gemura and I don't want to do it. And you could ask, and I want to stop, and I want to start behaving better. And you could ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help have Siyata Deshmaya to gain the courage, to muster the courage and the honesty, the vulnerability of asking Mechila from your spouse. And if they're not willing to forgive you right away, it's not in your hands. Your responsibility initially is to really be sincere about what you did wrong. Ask from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, acknowledge it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, admit it, and ask the Mechila. How they respond is not in your hands. You just keep trying at it, and ultimately, they will they will they will forgive you. Generally speaking, that is what happens over over time when you see with it. We you see you know when you keep at it, and that is very very important. It's a hard thing to do, you know, when you call over your husband or wife and you tell them, you know, I know I've been wrong in certain ways. I know I could be better, and I want to ask you, Michila. And usually what happens is they soften up and they themselves want to become better themselves. Or you work on it together. Or you're willing to work on it together. You go to somebody, if you need to go to somebody, to each one of you working on what you what you want to work on and what you need to work on to make it better. And one thing is also very important. If you hurt your spouse deeply and you ask forgiveness and you show regret, sometimes your spouse may respond, you know, I've heard that before. I don't believe you. And what you do is, is you persevere. You keep on going. You dig deeper into yourself. And you could even acknowledge, I understand the way you feel because I've asked Mechila before and I reverted back. I understand that. I know I failed many times. So I understand why you're skeptical. I hope this time you'll be able to see my true sincerity and you'll see from my behaviors that I really mean business. And you tell her that. Well, you tell him that, and over time, God willing, they will see 
that real true change and they will forgive you and be close to you again and the marriage can heal. So if you muster up the courage to ask forgiveness, don't worry about your spouse's response to your asking mechila. Sometimes there's a pride that holds you back from accepting the mechila, whatever it may be, or sometimes some, a pride holds you back from even asking mechila. But it's very, very important to, 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 to do, and you try, and don't get discouraged if they do not respond in the manner you wanted them to or you hoped that, that to them to. But it's, it's very important. Now, we can't manipulate people. Everyone has free will. But the marriage will be better even if your, your spouse doesn't acknowledge forgiveness uh, that they forgive you when you ask for the forgiveness, the marriage will still get better by your very act of asking forgiveness and diffusing the situation that way. And what happens with many couples is they get into this stalemate. They allow a wall to uh, be placed between them. And what we need to do is break down that wall to choose positivity, to take responsibility and choose positivity. And that breaks down that wall that separates husband and wife. Because if you don't do this, and that wall gets bigger and thicker and deeper, then communication stops and there's resentments. Now, how do you get rid of this wall? You tear it down one by one. You know, this is a good wall to break. We learn, you know, like the base of Migdash, we believe we're building it brick by brick by every single mitzvah, every single good deed that we do. And here is the opposite. If there is a wall separating you from your husband, you from your wife, you tear it down one by one. And by admitting your failure, whatever the failure is, your 10% failure, your 15% failure, whatever it is, your, your very act of acknowledging it is already breaking down that barrier that separates the two of you. Of course, if that wall is broken down by both sides, it's even better. That's ideal. Husband and wife both break those barriers that separate the two of them so that they can unite and be together. But you should know that even if one side is not ready to do that yet, but you do your part, you tear down your side of that wall, it'll be easier for your spouse to to start at one point, they realize that, hey, okay, you're already starting to demolish this wall between us. I'll help you and I'll demolish the rest. It may take some time, but they will hop and they will do it. And then you'll both be willing to tear it down, that wall of separation. And you could build a beautiful relationship. But the key is, is you first break it yourself. Not relevant whether your wife or husband is responsive, not responsive, skeptical, not skeptical, you do your part to get rid of the chalik of that wall that's separating the two of you that you could take down by asking forgiveness, by acknowledging your mistakes and, 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 and that your, your commitment to work on yourself. It's similar to between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and Knesset Yisrael where it says, Avinu that, that our sins separate us like a mechitza. And what we do is when we do tshuva, we break it down piece by piece. Hashem does the rest. Same thing, you have to look at it this way. You do your best, and Hashem does the rest. But we make that effort. Now, Gary Chapman is fascinating. He's an interesting person. Now, he happens to be a Christian. 
I think his head is pretty much screwed on straight. The five love languages. It's all in the Torah, by the way, if you look deeply, but he put it together. Hashem, for some reason, decided sometimes where like 12 steps, the same thing. It's it's tremendous. And he lets others be mechadashit and pioneer it. So here too, his five lung languages that he emphasized is a, a really monumental work. But he once said that he once made that mistake, that it was a busy time at home and he was ready to go to work. It was a tense time and tem- tempers could blow up. And his wife and him had that type of a hectic morning. They were not in a good mood. They were getting their kids off to school. And he asks her, where's my briefcase? He used to bring the briefcase to work. And she says, I don't know where your briefcase is. She's, he repeats again in a louder, irritated voice. You know, come on, I'm, I'm in a hurry. Where's my briefcase? I put it right there by the dresser last night. It's gone. Where did you put it? Where did you put it? And she says again, I don't know where your briefcase is. They went back and forth a couple of rounds, higher volume, higher volume. He got really upset. I give him credit, you know, when he acknowledges these failings as he's, you know, going through teaching people about marriage that he acknowledges he made a lot of these mistakes. So he, he was very upset. You know, she obviously moved the briefcase somewhere, and she wasn't even concerned to even think where she put it or to look a little bit. So he was very angry. He rushed the kids out the door, sped them off to school, um, and he, but he was very mad at his wife for misplacing the briefcase. And he, there was a nine-mile drive from his children's school where they dropped him off to his work and the nine miles he was fuming at his wife how can I be married to such a scattered brain Uh, she misplaced my briefcase I really need it, it's important, I can't really work that well without it, I have stuff in there that I need, what's going to happen and the question was answered as soon as he walked into his office and there sat his briefcase right where he had left it the day before and then Gary Chapman said I had a few choices I could dismiss the matter. I will not let my wife know what I, that I found the briefcase, and I hope she, that she won't ask me. Or I could rationalize my response because I was very tired, I was distracted, lack of exercise, whatever excuse to why I came to that wrong conclusion and accused her wrongly. Or I have to face reality and look at myself and ask her forgiveness. So what he did was, he's a religious man, he turned to God and he said, I see how foolish I was. I was terrible the way I treated her. The lack of love, the lack of kindness, being critical, accusing words. Even if she would have misplaced the briefcase, but she didn't. It's here. She didn't do anything. So this is also, again, I'm saying this is a key also with Ernie and Kipper stuff because people have a hard time asking Mechila. They need to do it, of course. It's a Chiv. But when you turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu first and clear up the Mechila between you and God on that aspect of it, it gets easier to go to the next step and then ask actually your Chavar Mechila, in this case, the wife. So he called his wife and said, you know, I found that briefcase. And she goes, yes. And then he goes, it was here in the office all the time. I'm really sorry the way I talked to you. It was horrible. I was wrong. And I'm asking you forgiveness. And, and what she said, she said, I thought you'd call. I thought that you would call. Because again, he was working on himself. And she knew that he would call because they had a committed relationship. 
that when the wall between a husband and wife gets stronger and higher that separates them, to break it down. So I have a feeling it doesn't say this openly when he's saying this story. He would have called her even if he wouldn't have found the briefcase. He would have felt bad about the way he treated his wife and and called her many. She, he was, she was expecting to call regardless, but in this case, he was totally wrong. It was She didn't misplace it in the first place. So it's very important to do that. And Gary Chapman also talks about people could hurt their husbands or wives, forget about actual physical affairs, which we had Shuram on in the, in the main group and other groups at times. We also had some Shuram on emotional affairs. So he brings a situation with emotional affairs. Emotional affairs means didn't end up in anything sexual or anything physical, even no physical contact. But when, um, you know, what, what happened was is that a, a man was having these lunches together with a female co-worker that was easy to talk to her. Like they knew each other all along, that she was married too. And, and But they were being very, very friendly. And it's fascinating, this scenario that Gary Chapman brings in, in one of his books, um, I think it's called The Marriage You've Always Wanted. What he, what he did was is, is that the husband of this wife called because I guess the, 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 the wife mentioned something, whatever it is, and the husband threatened him. You know, it's not, it's not talking about Gary Chapman himself. It's, it's a different man. That if you don't break it off immediately, I'm going to call your wife and expose everything. And he was afraid and whatever it is. So I'm not going into details. In this case, he did acknowledge to his wife that he was he fell into this and he asked her forgiveness. You, you speak to a rov, whatever it is. But the bottom line, both for your husband and wife that are listening to this, it is extremely, extremely important. We had other shurim about it. He mentions it, so I'm bringing it in passing that it's not just a matter of you could keep all the halachas of tzniyas and you could keep the halachas even of yichud. Okay, we're not talking about even if you violate, you're not violating yichud. But in a workplace, wherever it is, you still could be prone to becoming overly friendly, overly warm, and you have to be very, very careful. Because what happens is, is that it's deceiving. It doesn't look so bad. But the bottom line is, is that itself, even if there's no sexual involvement, and even if you're looking at it right now not as anything um, that is um, leading to wrong things, but it's just that it's a good, quote-unquote, friend that understands me, but this creates a separation between you and your wife, you and your husband. And you have to break down that wall by breaking that communication completely. That's a very, very important concept. So when one looks at themselves in the mirror and they say, I realize my marriage is not what it should be and I'm going to stop blaming my husband or wife. Instead, I'm going to ask Hashem to show me where I am at fault. And I'm going to ask Hashem His forgiveness. And then I'm going to ask Him to give me the kayach to be able to ask forgiveness from my husband or wife, to confess where I'm wrong, be honest about it. And to ask Hashem to help me change my behaviors and my words and my attitudes to become better and kinder to her or to him as much as possible. All of this helps tremendously. 
Gary Chapman, to his credit, he brings a lot of failures or mistakes he made in his marriage. You know, they were hanging around, in this case, Saturday. They, didn't have, they don't have Shabbos, obviously. They're not Jewish. And um, it's, it's he, she was going to take her son to the shopping mall. And she left all the dirty dishes on the table and everything. And he was angry. He got angry at her. So her only time, it's the only my only day off. And she doesn't even work, generally speaking. Why does she dafka leave now? And if she really loved me, she wouldn't leave me alone. And she left these dirty dishes on the table. And she he said it so, was so ironic because he lived in an area and it was spring and it was beautiful and the birds were singing and the flowers were blooming. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. And 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 but this her running out with her son, leaving the dishes, killed his day. He didn't look at the beautiful things. And then he caught himself. Oh, after a while he caught himself. He caught himself with that thought. What is wrong with me? You know, what what is wrong with me that I can get so upset over my wife just going to shopping mall with my son? And the answer is, is because he was judging her motives for her decision. He's assuming in his mind fictitiously that she left because he doesn't she doesn't love him or that she doesn't think of him which is the, which was not true so there was a certain selfishness that he saw within him that he acknowledged that he needs correcting but in any case just to be messiah this year to remember that your marriage can be improved even if your husband or wife right now is not changing you need only one of you to change to make the marriage be- better. Even in the matzah that at this point in time, the other spouse has no desire for improvement. That doesn't mean it's ideal to be that way. Ideally, they both should improve. But even if that's not happening or not happening yet, and it's only one-sided, that one-sided working on the marriage helps the marriage overall. Ultimately, you will have a better marriage. Ultimately, it will inevitably influence the other spouse to also want to change by him or her seeing that you are willing to change. So this is something to think about. What do you think about that idea? That instead of waiting for your husband or wife to change, you are the one that takes that first step by admitting your own failures, even if you're only a partial percent of the problem. You don't always have to look at yourself that you're the good guy in the relationship or you're the good girl in the relationship and that the other one is the main problem. You could sometimes acknowledge the fact that maybe I contributed to certain things in the marriage that I can work on. I could break down pieces of that wall that separate the two of us and I'm going to be the one to start. And I bought the tire, like we said, if you daven and you do this effort, and you persevere, you don't get discouraged, ultimately, they usually, for the most part, is a softening up and a tremendous response back, where love is showered back at you, and there's healness, and there's forgiveness, and there's joy. Baruch